And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Impactful Podcast. I'm EJ. Alongside with me is the man, the myth, and truly that great one, Eric. What's up, everybody? All right, everyone. I have to say something before we go any further, okay? Now, as we know, we took a couple weeks off with the podcast uh, because I had uh, oral surgery. And doing the first episode, I'm going to expectations of numbers were very low for me. I thought it was going to hurt us a little bit. Last week, what we were saying, the last show prior to that was our most downloaded episode. We surpassed it again. And the continued success and uh, everyone is showing support. Um, we have numerous podcasts. You know what? Next time I'll have a list. I should be more prepared for that. A lot of people do promote us on the side, and we do appreciate it. And it was our most downloaded episode last week. So we didn't lose steam despite taking a couple weeks off. So that's good to see. Um, So continued, we continuously thank you so much for for showing support, listening to the podcast, downloading it. Uh, We do, if you could, uh, give us a review, though. Even though some of the platforms are, I I know they don't have that kind of like feature, but... uh, Nonetheless, we still appreciate that you listen to it because the numbers are good right there. All right. Um, last week, uh, we covered um, – there was a lot of, uh, lot into the stories, um, the continued stories with uh, Richard Swan. Let's do a quick review of last week, and then we're going to go into the recent episode of Impact Wrestling. Um, for, uh, several quick things. Uh, first, Johnny Impact dressed the crowd, dressed everything that was going on with him. A broken down body, how he's a fighting champion. Of course, Moose and Killer Cross interrupted him. Uh, resulted in a one-on-one match when Johnny Impact kind of like uh, stirred the pot, trying to, you know, get them to go against one another. Um, of course, it resulted in both of them teaming up again and attacking him. Brian Cage coming out and rescuing him. And then later on that show, Johnny Impact offered Johnny, uh, Johnny Brian Cage, I keep saying that, Brian Cage... <laughs> A chance at a world championship anytime he wanted. All he had to do was sign a contract and then help him defeat Moose and Killer Cross, so they don't continue, so they don't interrupt their match again or even get involved in any way. Um, another thing that happened uh, last week: Sammy Callahan, as we know, for weeks has been trying to get Rich Swan to come home and join OVE. After numerous failed attempts, Sammy and the rest of OVE brutally assaulted Rich Swan, ended with Callahan throwing the X Division champion off the stage. Last week, Callahan visited Swan in the hospital to make another attempt on getting Swan to join OVE. After Callahan told Rich how he admired him for standing up to him and how talented he was, they were interrupted by a nurse saying it was visiting time for family only. Rich Swan then told the nurse that he was family. Callahan laid the OBE shirt on Swan and left. Uh, also, you had Tessa Blanchard uh, approach Impact Management about getting a rematch for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Of course, she was unsuccessful and was very irate. That resulted in her attacking Alicia Edwards and Delilah Doom in the middle of their match. Um, later on, Taya Valkyrie called Tessa a crybaby for her antics later on in that show. And, of course, the final thing that happened, and I can't wait to see where we go from there, is LAX and Lucha Brothers facing each other for what we thought was going to be the final time. 
It was a great back and forth match, but at the end, the Lucha Brothers came out victorious. After the match, Conan shook the uh, champion's hands, asked LAX to do the same. Lucha Brothers did not accept and stuck their hands in their face. LAX felt disrespected and attacked the Lucha Brothers and took the mask off, and that pretty much ended the show. Man, like you said, there was a lot that happened last week, and I can't wait to see how they follow up with this. Um, I know some things, um, you had Eddie Edwards uh, and um, Eli Drake, well, we didn't put that in the uh, thing, because they didn't follow up this week, they weren't on the show, but um, we we covered that last week on the the episode. Um, Mm -hmm. From last week, before we go on, is there anything you want to add? Because you got a week to digest. Is there anything that you thought about now that you didn't last week? No, not really. I still think that it was um, it was a good episode, and I think that uh, they. I think the one thing that I did see is that they may be teasing teasing a slight heel turn for Johnny Impact. Um, but other than that, you know, um, I think everything is pretty much the same from our opinions last week. You know what? I'm with you on that because I, you saw what the, you know, when he was trying to stir the pot between Kill Cross and uh, Moose. And like every person has a little bad side. But yeah, I see what you're mm-hmm. saying. There, there is a possibility of that. And you've seen that both, both Kill Cross and Moose joined uh, Austin Aries on his way out. As a three-man right. faction, so I can see that. That's a good, uh, good instinct. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't <laughs> thought of that actually until you said that. All right. So they started to show off with Jake Christ and Willie Mack, and I'm a huge fan of both competitors. Um, mm-hmm. Going on one-on-one to start off the show, Jake Christ took uh, took it to the larger competitor early in the match. After inno- innovative in the ring and. Aerial assault on the outside of the ring. Chris thought he had the match won, uh, but it uh, turned real quick. Mac really showed his power and t- took full control of the match. When Mac was going up to the top turnbuckle to finish off Jake Chris, his brother attacked Willie Mac, resulting in no contest. But of course, after the match, the Chris brothers uh, attacked Willie Mac. Out of nowhere, Tommy Dreamer came down to the ring and attacked the Chris brothers. Tommy grabbed the mic and said he is here to right the wrongs in Impact Wrestling. Dreamer went on to challenge Chris Brothers to a tag match. Um, from that segment before, you know, before we go on to that tag team match, what did you think mm-hmm. of the match? It was pretty quick, but what did you think about the match between Chris and Mac? Um, I think it was a good match. I think it it both both wrestlers were able to show. Um, different aspects of their uh their game i mean yeah uh chris does always you know use a lot of aerial moves Mm -hmm. um but he was able to i think showcase those more especially against a bigger opponent um and then uh mac willie mac was able to showcase some more of his power than he's normally able to use because um, when he's in ring with in the ring with people that are normally his size, he normally you know showcases his speed more. So um, I think it was a, a good way to be able to showcase both wrestlers um, in a short amount of time. Yeah, and people were like complaining on social media, like how how does it come together? Well, Willie Mack 
is a friend of who? Rich Swan. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it fed off a little bit off the OVE, and it really the Rich Swan uh, storyline. Um, so a lot of people were wondering how does that relate. Yeah, that's how it related. But yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, like Willie Mack, for a guy his size, it's like Keith Lee, and it, it's like they're bigger guys, but they get pull off moves. Um, all we got, we're gonna be talking about him later on. Ethan Page, another guy. They're bigger guys, mm-hmm. and they can pull off the X Division moves. It's like it's it is shocking how they can pull that off. I can't even do that, and I'm only two hundred. <laughs> I can just imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I'm surprised, and they're very athletic, and it's very enjoyable. But right, um, so of course, like you said, like I said, you know, Tom and Dreamer challenged the Chris brothers uh, to a tag team match. Of course, it happened, and Mac and Dreamer lands handle elbows, swinging neckbreaker by Dreamer, and then uh, Dave catches Dreamer with a legal knee to the back. Jake holds Dreamer and Dave. Lands a Santon to Dreamer's back. Then OVE takes turns working on Dreamer, isolating him. Uh, Dreamer manages to get the hot tag to uh, Mac. Mac clears the ring. Mac lands a big suplex. So that was a good spot in the match. Then and Dave breaks up the pin. Of course, Mac cannonballs Jake. Then lands a stunner on Dave, which allows Tommy Dreamer to get the uh, Death Valley Driver. And then finally, to finish off, Mac crushes Jake with the six-star frog splash for the win. All mm-hmm. right, real basic question: What did you think of the match for being a tag team? Um, I think it was a great match, and it it actually showed that, um, you know that it showed the the ability of both tag teams, but it also showed that uh, to an extent, Tommy Dreamer can still go. Um, especially being the one that took the majority of the, uh, you know, the majority of the, I think it was, it was kudos to all, all parties involved, but I think actually, um, a special, special kudos to Dreamer, uh, for what he was able to do in the match. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. He did take a lot of the abuse, but of course I, and that was to play off of, you know, really Mac being in the match before, you know, that scene, mm-hmm. that short match. But, yeah, I mean, it was still an entertaining match. And Tommy Dreamer, yeah, could still go at 49. Um, and he goes about it a lot on Busted Open Radio. And he does get ridden on a lot by Bully Ray <laughs> for being a big guy. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> but for a big guy, he still move at 49. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. he, he, he understands the psychology of wrestling. He understands that it doesn't take like all these crazy moves to get the fans over. He understands how to captivate the fans to this day. And I like, I did love the match overall. Um, and I do like, I want to get your qu- uh, quick thoughts on this. Uh, what do you think about Tommy Dreamer's mission? Uh, I like this little angle that he's going to right the wrongs and impact wrestling. Um, I want to get your quick thoughts on that. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's a good way to tie him into storylines. Um, and you know, we already know he's working backstage for Impact anyway. Yeah. So it's a good way to allow him to tie in the storylines when they need him as a wrestler. Um, and so it's a good way to 
um, keep him involved in the story, the, you know, in front of the camera, um, along with his his backstage work. Yeah, that's the beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. Wrestling, try to take down KM and follow Bar to make a quick statement in the uh, X Division uh, tag team division. Uh, X Division, the tag team division. I'm sorry. Thornstow and Mustard try to strike and overpower Follow Bar, but it had no effect. Follow Bar goes on an assault on Thornstow. After a big splash, KM tags in, but it, only moments after that tag, Runa Scum took control of the match and cut the ring in half. After the beating KM took, he managed to get the hot tag to follow Bob. But Bob Avalanche's Thornstone cross body blocked Luster. Then KM and follow Bob hit their patented move steamroll on Luster and finished off Luster with a rocket launcher similar drop for the 1 2 3. But even though they were, uh, even though they lost, they still had to make a statement and attacked KM and follow Bob. After the match, um, again, for the people who are listening, uh, I had myself on mute, so that's why I repeated it. Um, my question for you is, what did you think of the match? Um, I think it was a good match. I think it was, um, I mean, you know, uh, KM and Falaba always have those um, entertaining matches because of the fun that they have in them. But um, I think it was a good match. I think that, and this goes to the issue that me and you have stated um, weekly since they started uh, doing it. The issue that I have is that the match could have been longer. Well, there's two issues. The first is that the match could have been longer had they not shown so much of the uh, Lucha Underground versus uh impact tag team match um so i think that the match could have went a, a little bit longer um had they not done that but also to have um i understand how why they did it the way they did but to have a returning uh tag team that you haven't seen in over a year take the loss in their first match um makes you kind of question where they're going to go with Reno's gum from here. I can see your point. Uh, as far as that, I don't, I don't think it's a complete negative because um, I think the attack, it was a way because KM and Fallen Bob have been on a roll as of late as a tag team. I To keep them on a roll and also, yeah, you got to return in Reno's gum. The thing with heels, I think when you lost when you lose a match, it doesn't hurt them. I think it hurts more as a face to, you know, lose a match. Um, right. Because when they did exactly what any heel would do after they lose a match, they get angry and they attack the good guys. So, um, I don't think it hurt them uh, with them doing it the way they did. Because, uh, again, I feel like when heels lose, it doesn't have that effect as it would if it was a face. Um, right. Uh, but I, I get what your point with the whole... Oh, the classic moment of the week. Um, we, mm-hmm. we talked about that. That's a continuous theme. I, I felt this match could have probably went a little bit longer. It was, but for the time, it was it. It, it was a good match. Um, mm-hmm. And another followed by and KM two opposites, but it seems to work. I love that tag team. 
Um, you always get yeah. those tag teams that the opposites attract, and that's definitely one of them. Um, believe it or not, since watching Impact, I am not familiar with Weirdo Scum. But from what I saw, I'm actually impressed by what they could do. Um, mm-hmm. And looking forward to uh, more matches with them. And that, I'm a heel guy, so uh, I liked every everything they did because they just mm-hmm. they come off as good heels. Um, right. Do, um, real quick, though, what do you feel? Was the attack after the match a redeeming factor? You, do you feel like it, it, it sent a message to the tag teams in Impact Wrestling? Like, did it still make its statement, or do you feel like it, it... Do you feel it took away a little bit? As far as the message to the other tag teams, we know what we saw as fans. But if you're a tag team in Impact Wrestling, how would you mm-hmm. take it? Um, I'm going to say that it, it did send the message. But my opinion, the message um, I understand what you're saying when, when you say that a heel doesn't have to win, but um, if you're a returning tag team and you're wanting to send a message, um, what better way than to come in and, and beat a tag team that's on a roll? So I think that it, it did send a message, but the message could have could have. I'm not saying that it was because, again, we have yet to see what's going to happen afterwards as far as, you know, where it's going to go. So I reserve the right to say that it did, but I do say that it could have watered down the message with the loss. You know what? You kind of turned me, and I'll explain why. Getting it, If they were to get a win, it couldn't be a clean win. Mm-hmm. And it goes along with the heel aspect. Like if they were to pull in the tides, float on the rope, anything to, you know, gain their leverage and steal when I get what you're saying. Maybe they should have probably went that route. That's probably where they missed an opportunity there. So you actually changed my opinion about that. You turned me pretty quick on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, that, that, that would have been probably a better way for them to, you know, get heat. Um, and that was a lively crowd in Vegas uh, in this past show. So right. you definitely would have got that freaking, you know, the booze raining if they would have beat, uh, you know, the face uh, KM and Falaba because they're well liked right. in the uh, Impact Wrestling community. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. It, that probably would have been a better bet than to do what they did and just attack them after the loss. Um, and it's still, yeah, that probably wouldn't have took too much off of KM and Falaba. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add before we go on? Nope. All right, let's go right into the next thing. And this one I was looking forward to because uh, Delilah Doom, I'm not familiar with her. Um, but, of course, uh, Delilah seeks revenge after being assaulted the week before by Tessa Blanchard when she was in a match with Alicia Edwards. Was it the right move to to challenge a steaming hot Tessa Blanchard? I guess we'll find out. Blanchard and Doom took it to each other in the beginning of the match. Delilah gained some confidence in herself after landing a step-up hurricanrana and a top rope arm drag. But she might have got too confident as she got caught going for another step-up hurricanrana. But that was quickly countered into a sit-out powerbomb by Tessa. Tessa then took control of the match and assisted Doom in hopes of sending a message to Impact Management about her rematch for the Impact Knockouts title. Delilah almost stuck into victory during the assault after a crucifix powerbomb only resulting in a close fall. 
at the end. Tessa drops Doom with the buzzsaw TDT for the one, two, three. After the match, Tessa mouths off to the camera, sending a message to Impact Management, saying that if she doesn't get her rematch, she will get it one way or another. My first question for you, do you think this match was worthy of a rematch for the title? And do you feel Impact Wrestling, uh, do you think they need to see more? Um, I think that they need to see more because um, I think that this match was, I mean, it was a good match. It was, um, like you stated, it was back and forth to an extent for a while until that uh, power bomb. Um, and then it was pretty much all Tessa. Um, but I think that you can't put a whole lot of stock in what is considered, a, a, could be considered a glorified squash match. Um, Agreed. So, uh, and and I'm not saying that it was a squash match because um, because Doom was able to get in the amount of offense that she was, but I think that it's still with her, this only being her second um, match in Impact Wrestling, you can't put a whole lot of stock in it because she doesn't have, it's, it's not like she's, you know, one of the top five women in the company. Okay, if if she's not the top five, if you were impact management and they were like, okay, you want your title shot, you got to face blank. If you win, you get a shot, but you'll get the shot at United We Stand. You get your rematch. Who would that be in the knockouts division if you were that person? Um... To be completely honest, right now, because of storylines, the only person that she could fight would be the one person that she hasn't has yet to beat cleanly, which would be Tyre Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. But all right, in order to get that title shot, you tell you got to beat the champion to get. The um, shot. Uh, well, and and if you think about this. Uh, Rosemary, Kiara Hogan, Jordan Grace, Sue Young, Allie, all tied up in the storyline together, um, which will have probably have all five of them in a tag match next week. Um, so what other top female in the company would it leave her to face? So there, in my opinion, there's only two women that she would be able to face and actually uh, earn a title shot. And Gail Kim was one. Gail Kim is one, yeah. and Taya Valkyrie is the other. But would it, like if you were to put her in a match with Gail Kim, wouldn't that be pay per view worthy, or would you think that'd be a good like draw for people to come to Twitch and pursuit and watch the TV product? I think it would be. Um, pay-per-view worthy and I think that's the reason that she doesn't actually I think that's the reason that this I'm gonna earn my title shot one way or the other um, it has the ability to draw out the storyline for her to get that shot at Gail Kim at a pay-per-view 
Um, or if it's not a pay-per-view, let it be a special event um, and not one where they're doing matches with another company or anything like that, but let it be one of those televised special events. Um, but I would say it would be a pay-per-view worthy match myself. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then, yeah, and allow that to lead to her getting a rematch. Okay. Um, yeah, if, if you want to impress management, you got to beat one of the management because that's obviously where Gail Kim is at this point in the company. Um, yeah, United We Stand is mostly Impact, but they only got a couple matches where they have people from other promotions joining. But it is during mm -hmm. WrestleMania weekend, so I can see why they're doing that. Because you got a lot of the Impact talent that go over to, you know, MLW and other promotions. So, and they're all there. So, um, maybe you might see it then. Um, in my opinion, because they're building this up. And I'm talking about behind the scenes. Uh, trying to get people. Because they were saying that this past episode that we're covering is the most viewed episode they had on both Pursuit and Twitch. Wouldn't you want to do like a match, a high profile match like that, that would lead into, and it doesn't have to be the next few weeks, maybe the go home episode, no pun intended, going into United We Stand, where you had, if you want a shot, beat Gal Kim, or you're like, if she says, hey, you got to beat me, and you can face Taya at United We Stand. Because as of right now, I don't think they have a title match uh, advertised for that, episode, uh, for that uh, event in New York. Well, I would actually say that have, I would actually say um, prolong it even more and have at the go home show before United We Stand have the, have Gail Kim make the challenge and add the stipulation of if she wins, then she gets the title match, but have the actual Gail Kim versus Tessa match at United We Stand. And then save that because I think that they've put the uh, Tessa versus Taya match on regular television so much. Save that for a pay-per-view. Um, and then give them, you know, let them have whatever kind of gimmick match that they want. But... Uh, make that, you know, that special match at uh, United We Stand, you know, make that be the Gail Kim match. Um, if you're going to do it before pay-per-view, at least do it on something like United We Stand. That way you can save that Taya versus Tessa match for the pay-per-view um, and not water it down any, not water it down by having them do it on regular TV and not giving them you know the full amount of time that it would need for the the to be a feud ending match. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. That's a valid point. Um, well, when is the the next pay per views? It is sometime in April though, but it isn't United We Stand because they got one in Toronto. That's the next one that they advertise. So maybe that mm -hmm. will probably yeah. All right, so you know what? That probably will fit better than my stupid <laughs> suggestion. So. That's why we have two guys here. Um, no, nah, I like that. <laughs> that. That works. That works. But you know what? The thing I like about this, it's really captivating how there's a lot of attention to detail in all the storylines. But the most important one is the attention to detail in the women's division. 
which I mean mm -hmm. we've seen in other promotions, it wasn't taken as seriously. And one division I will throw under the bus right now is Ring of Honor. One, they don't really focus on the women's division like WWE or even mm -hmm. Impact. Um, but I do like what they're doing here, and I'm captivated. I'm I'm sold, and and Tessa is the real deal. Uh, she's got a bright future, and she's only, what, in her mid-20s? I think she's 24, 25 at this point. Mm -hmm. She's still got plenty of years ahead of her, and look what she's accomplished so far. All right. Um, so now that we're done with the women's title picture, here's the next thing. Um, the all-ego Ethan Page against Zachary Wentz. Well, they shorten it to Wentz now because now, for some reason, in wrestling, whether it's WWE or Impact, one name, Prince. You know, it's going to have it with that, like, Prince and... Have the one name, Sting. I don't <laughs> get that, but all right, whatever. <laughs> of course, uh, they go off on one-on-one, -on -one, uh, in a one-on-one -on -one encounter. Of course, the Rascals, really hot as of late, whether it's a tag team match, singles match, really haven't, I don't think they have lost a single match since they joined Impact. Uh, this was an incredible back-and-forth match. Every time Wentz would show his aerial maneuvers, Paige would counter by showing his strength and how athletic he is. One spot I enjoyed the most uh, that that showed that um, was when he uh, Page hit that standing moonsault. Um, mm -hmm. Later in the match, Ethan Page gains control of the contest when he countered a suicide dive into a backbreaker, which was a good spot. Uh, he was closing yeah. in on beaten Wentz, but his ego got the best of him. When he was outside, he started to flap his gums towards NFL legend Marlon Greenwood. Page shoved Greenwood, and he shoved him back. Of course, there was a distraction which allowed the referee to try to defuse the situation. But when that happened, it allowed Wentz to hit the springboard cutter for the 1-2-3. We'll get into the, a couple things that happened in the match. But overall, what did you think of the match between uh, Wentz and Ethan Page? Um, I think it was a great match. I think it... Um, I think that this match actually could have been the match to steal the night. Um, I think it was mm -hmm. a great back and forth. I think that um, it showcased the abilities of both wrestlers very well. Um, and I think it was a great way to tie in the, uh, the three, you know, the people from NFL Vegas that were there. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, especially with the, the partnership that they recently announced, it was a great way to tie that into, you know, what was going on on TV. Absolutely. So I think that, you know, it was it was a terrific way to do that, um, to tie that in and still continue, you know, the match and everything. So I think it was um, all around. I think it was an excellent match. <clears throat> I also thought it was a good match. Um and, yeah, we'll get into that uh, counter with uh, Greenwood and uh, Ethan Page. But uh, the one thing I, I got for you, because I, I seen what Troy Miguel is on as a solo guy, Wentz as a solo guy. Um, Desmond, I think we've yet to see him in a singles competition, but we know what he's able to do. But if it was you, if you were to make one tag team and one singles guy out of the trio, who would you do? Who would you have as the tag team? Who would you have as a uh, singles competitor? Um... Well, being as I've seen Desmond actually be the X Division champion before, um, it's kind of hard to it, – it's really hard to say that either one of them should be stuck in a tag team. 
Okay. Um, you know, I would actually, with this group, do them along the lines of the um, the New Day with the whole Freebird rule, which, you know, anybody could wrestle at any time. Um, because all three of them, in my opinion, are worthy of um, winning the X Division Championship at some point in time. Um, as, again, perfect example is Desmond Xavier has been the X Division champion. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that would be if 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 I was booking, I would not limit either one of them to just being strictly a tag team wrestler. Um, I would, you know, again do kind of the free bird thing where. Um, they, you know, unless they kind of announce it, like, you know, with their whole little backstage um, smokeout sessions. Yeah, I love uh, that. Yeah, unless they kind of announce it then, you know, go along the lines of you never know who's going to wrestle, you know, that night. Um, that's my opinion. No, all right. Um as far as that, I, I get what you're saying, like you don't want to limit them, but I was thinking along the lines as far as like you want to have more depth in your tag team division. That's what I was mm -hmm. thinking about along the lines. I should have specified that, that in my question, and that, that's my fault. My thing is, like, I think as far as a tag team, I see the better tag team out of Wentz and Desmond. I, I see them as the better tag team and Troy Miguel as the solo guy. If it was me, that's how I would go. It was go out. I, I was just seeing where you, how you saw the group. That was the main question. Right. Along with, like, who would you like to see the tag team out of this trio to be a part of that tag team division? Because, you, <clears throat> I mean, you have a good amount of tag teams, but I think they needs more depth. <clears throat> Despite the right. Well, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm just, I was just going to say, again, that, you know, even, you know, if you're doing that, um, I would still say don't limit it to just being two of the guys because it allows so much more if you allow it to be like that free bird rule where, um, you know, it allows so much different, you know, creativity and stuff in the matches if you have uh, different, you know, diff different combinations depending on who they wrestle or whatever. You could, you know, have a different person wrestle um, in the match every night. So that's just the way I was looking at it. Okay. And I get your point, and then that's understood. Now, it's funny, and we'll move along right after this. The one thing that sparked in my head when you were saying that, could they do something unique, and would it be allowed if they just say Troy McGall wins the X Division title, Wentz and Desmond Xavier win the tag titles? Would you like to see a little mix around <laughs> I know it seemed far-fetched, like, could it be possible, like, they could, like, one day, in one pay-per-view, instead of uh, Troy Miguel that won the title, we'll put uh, Wentz. Wentz is going to defend the title, the X Division title, and you have uh, Desmond and Xavier and um, and uh, Troy Miguel defend the tag titles. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm wondering, like, because you got the trio, like you said, and you want to, you know, different combinations. I'm wondering if that could ever be allowed. I doubt it because it's a singles title and you can't swap it like that. I thought it'd just be unique, yeah. so it, it's completely irrelevant for what we were talking about. All right. No, but I mean, it's a good idea. And think about it. Um, it's kind of along the lines of what the uh, what the new day was saying about if Kofi won the top one.
the world title that all of them would be the world champion. Yeah, you know what? That is- um, not saying that, you know, they would all defend it, but if one wanted that, you know, that could be could be an idea. Whether they would do it or not um, would still, you know, have to wait to be seen, but it, it would be a. All right. Well, maybe I should uh, deliver that with more confidence instead of backtracking on what I say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, we did talk about that, but uh, real quick, and we'll move along to the Sammy Callahan and Richard uh, Swan segment. Um, do you feel that his mentor, Matt Saddle, not being by Ethan Page's side, having a negative effect on Ethan's track or either being the top guy in the X Division right now? Because you see what happened in this one, and he had a similar situation happen before. Do you feel that not having him, you know, check his ego, having Matt Saddle check his ego, is that hurting him? Um, I think that. It is, but I think that what's going to happen is I think you're, you're going to kind of see, uh, possibly see him start to get the ego under check as far as during the match. Um, but I do think that at this point, um, especially storyline-wise, that's what's happening, um, is that he's letting, he's getting too full of himself at some points, and that's what's costing him matches. Yeah, and I see it too, and um, I, and I like to build it to that and see where he goes with that, and it might develop a new side of him because of the frustration, mm-hmm. because the ego got the best of him, and then you're gonna see another one. It's called straight out anger, <laughs> and see where he goes from there. Now, the right. one thing I wanted to get to before we uh, talk about the next segment is the Ethan uh, Page uh, Greenwood altercation. My quick question for you: What did that remind you of? Um, Football player wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded you of, well, a couple. It reminded you of the LT and Bam Bam thing. That's the one it reminded me of. Exactly. Um, it also kind of reminded you of, kind of, um, more of a football player, turn wrestler, football player thing. If you flash back to WCW when uh, Mongo first started um, wrestling uh, mm-hmm. and the whole Mongo and Reggie White incident. I remember that too. Wow. Damn, you went back on that one too. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that that one was good. I felt the LT in Bam Bam was the better yeah. one of the two. but uh, yeah. It was. Uh, even though Reggie White was a great football player. Still sorely missed here, especially right. here in Philadelphia, man. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that, it, that was the first thing. Like when I saw the shove encounter, <clears throat> that was the first thing I thought of was when Bam Bam and LT went mm-hmm. at it back in 1995. Um, yeah, that's uh, that was a quick question. I was just wondering uh, what you saw at that moment. All right, so later on in the show, Sam McCallahan um, had an interview. Um, and he basically exposed the whole past of which Swan, which we already kind of know for the most part. Um, he just went in full detail. Uh, he, he'd tell all story of the history of Richard Swan from when he took him in when his mom was dead and his father was murdered. He was homeless. He got into drugs. He got him away from that. He also, you mm-hmm. know, 
They talked about the rise together in the wrestling business. And, um, of course, he, he, he capped it off with, uh, with that Swan. Um, Swan won't join OVE. Um, mm-hmm. And he can't turn his back on OVE. Because for every he owes Sam McCallahan everything. And he can't turn his back on him. So, um, I mean, we saw the build. Like, over the time, they just confronted him a few times in a ring. Of course, the segment, there was hope that it might happen. Or is it just the past that made you think, you know, he recognized the past. He's not going to still join OVE. With everything up to this point, do you see Rich Swan being part of OVE in the future? Um, well, I see the storyline going two ways. I think it could be either, um, it could either lead to, well, in both ways actually would lead to a few, uh, eventually between Sammy Callahan and Rich Warren, because I think one way could be one last refusal by Rich Warren and then OVE, uh, says well if you're not going to join us then you know like something sammy come with something along the lines of if you don't join us you're dead to me um and then they jump rich swan or um it could go along the lines of um and this is another flashback moment uh the whole daniel bryan bray wyatt feud where daniel bryan joined the Wyatt family until the point where it was good for him to do what he did as far as um, attacking Bray Wyatt. So I think that it it's possible that it could go both ways. Um, it's just waiting to see which way they want to take it. Yeah, because also I was thinking... As far as that, like, could they go to corny? Like, it's in my head, I was like, I'm hoping they don't go this way. Is the match? It's like you lose, you you're with us. You win, you walk away, and we won't bother you ever again. You go your way, I go my way, and it is that. That I, I hope they don't go that route. Um, I feel at this point, it's going to end in a Callahan. Which Swan match? Mm-hmm. He's going to stand up to him, beat him, and I think that it's going to continue a little further. You will get the one match, and then it's going to, and then there, there will be a cap off another match at the end. So, yeah, you're going to get this first match, thing. but it's not going to be the end of the rivalry. That's for sure. Right, and I think the same thing. But I also think that again, like we both said before, that it's going to lead to somewhere in there. Um, Willie Mack being tied into the whole um, the whole feud. Yeah, where they want to go with this? Like, I'm I like the storyline. It's very well written, and again, it has people wondering at this point because I I looked at social media and people were talking about this, and of course, Callahan did respond to a couple people in his way, you know, being the heel, he, mm-hmm. and he's great at that. Um, just the way they've written this, and then of course you didn't get anything as far as Rich Swan because he wasn't a part of this episode. But there is that wonder: is he going to do it? 
was mm-hmm. him telling the nurse that you know, he has family recognized in the past or coming to OVE? Still recognize the past and be like, you know what? He's right. I'm going to join him. We'll see where they go with that, and uh, I can't wait. But um, I see, like you, you see it, and I see it. This is going to be a match. Um, and I, and if mm-hmm. there is, it, it's not going to be a one-off. It's going to be a second one. And we'll see where they go with that. Okay, well, let's go on to the next thing, and and that is the semi-main event. Um, well, well, it wasn't match. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another match. It was a backstage segment. I'm sorry. Uh, between uh, Conan and LAX. Um, Conan scolded uh, LAX for gloating over attacking the Lucha Brothers and taking their mask off to end last week's show. LAX tried to excuse themselves for their actions because of what Pentagon and Phoenix did to them when he offered their hands uh, to congratulate them. Conan told them to back off and he'll handle the situation as well as possibly getting them a rematch. But when Conan walked away, Santana and Ortiz agreed that they would take care of it themselves. My question for you is if the Lucha Brothers rent LAX another match, what kind of match do you expect to see out of these four individuals? Um, I expect to see um, a great match, a great aerial match, but I do expect to see something more along the lines of maybe not as extreme but a match along the lines of the match that LAX had with the OGs. Not like, um, not a concrete jungle match, but something like a little more. Yeah, something yeah. a little more than just a, your trademark tag match. Mm-hmm. Um, I also see that this could be um, the end of Conan's association with LAX, um, depending on how it goes. I'm with you on that because of the rumors of what we've seen that I, I their, uh, LAX is coming up on their contract. Um, I don't think they resigned. I don't think they renounced it yet. And mm-hmm. there is that possibility that it, it they may not be with the uh, company much longer. So I could see that angle if they weren't to resign with the company. And we'll get into the ones that di- they did resign and people they brought back and uh, that's mm-hmm. later on in the show, but yeah, I get what you say with that. Uh, they could go possibly with that. Um, and I don't think it would be like a hill turn or anything. It'd just be like, a, it could be LAX that would get the turn, uh, because it, Conan tried to keep the peace because of family and they just mm-hmm. don't, they don't want it. They're just cocky young guys. And of course you got Pentagon and Phoenix. Um, yeah, it, they, they were upset about like how LAX was cocky towards them. So when they put the hands on their face, that was retaliation for what they did prior. And then, of course, they, they just, LAX just uh, threw salt right into the wound right. by taking off their mask. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, you're expecting it to be like a hardcore style match or something like that. Something that, mm-hmm. you know, that really brings out, like, settles the personal angles. Um, but not to the extreme level like they did with uh, OGs in that concrete jungle match. That was really good. Right. Um, okay. Um yeah, that was my only thing with that because it, it was a small segment, but I was I wanted to get your take as far as where you think they're going to go with it uh, and what match we were going to expect to see. And mm-hmm. obviously, it, it might be United We Stand. It might be the next pay-per-view. We'll see when they uh, announce that later on. All right, let's go right into it. It is the main event of the evening. Killer Cross and Moose team up. 
up against Brian Cage and the Impact World Champion Johnny Impact. Uh, Cage and Impact went on the attack at the start of the bell. Cage quickly now crossed with the 619, which is pretty. <laughs> and to see that early on the match is amazing. Um, <laughs> but Cage and Impact will go to work as a team trying to eliminate Cross and Moose. A lot of great mm -hmm. tag team maneuvers. Everything was going their way until Johnny Impact missed a countdown to Impact. And after Impact took an awkward fall, he banged, began to clutch uh, his neck. He did manage to get over to the, uh, for the tag, but while Cage was wrestling cross, Impact was slowly crawling out of the ring. Referees and emergency personnel worked on at Impact on the outside. The distraction allowed Moose to hit Brian Cage with the Impact World Championship. They bust a cage wide open. That bust a cage wide open. Uh, they threw him back in the ring and continued the assault. Cage tried to crawl and make the tag, but Johnny wasn't there. He was being attended to. Cross and Moose go off to finish Cage with the cross jacket and spear combo for the win. Real quick for you, uh, what did you think of the match for the main event? Um, I think it was a great match. I do think that it was I think that either one of two, two things happened. I think that either Johnny legit got injured and um, which it could have just been something as simple as a stinger, but uh, I think he legit got injured, and then Brian Cage had to basically carry the match, and they had to find a way to end it. Or it's um, storyline, and it's going to lead to that heel turn from Johnny Impact that we were talking about earlier. Um. Someone in chat said something. D Shep. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wonder where they're going to play off with this because I know there's going to be uh, Cajun impact. There's going to be more tension because, you know, he was looking for, he, he's not going to take that, oh, whatever was the injury. Like, I feel that has something, like, it, it's, it's going to bring attention to them again. Uh, it seemed like it was going to be going back to a friendly competition between friends. Now it's going to go back to, it's going to be a personal angle. Okay. Yeah, I think, um, like he was saying, though, it is going to go back to being that personal angle between Impact and Brian Cage. And I think that's what, no, don't, no problem. But I, I was just saying, I think that it's going to be, like you said, I think it's the possibility of it leading back to that personal angle between the two. Um, but I think that's where the heel turn with Impact may come in. Yeah. Um, but I don't know because it, it, it's one of those things where possibly if you turn Johnny Impact, then do we maybe see a double turn in the Tesla versus Tire Feud? Hmm. No. Because then you can do what they're like. Uh, we'll go with the situation WWE with Renee Young and uh, Dean Ambrose. Renee's right. loved by the fans. Dean was hated because of what he did back in October. So we could go with that. It, it could be possible you got to have a face um, right. female. It, it, it could work that way. Um. Like I said, I feel this injury thing is going to add to the personal, you know, feud with them again. Um, I think Cage is going to take it as a slap to the face, and he's going to call him weak. 
And of course, Impact not going to take it. Like, hey, you call me weak, and they're going to go after each other, you know. And I can't, mm-hmm. I can't wait for the rematch. But and hopefully they don't add Moose or Cross. Let's just see a one-on-one encounter again, one last time. That's all I want to yeah. say. Um. Now, the thing I got to say though, because even though that Cross and Moose got the win, do you think in any way possible? This could affect Brian Cage's rematch for the title. Do you feel like Impact was like, you know what? No. They they still are in the running. Could they possibly sneak their way back in or just one of them sneak their way back into the title picture? I don't think so. Um, unless it was the whole, again, it was the whole start of the Impact uh, heel turn. Because then it possibly could because of uh, uh, Killer Cross beating Brian Cage. So if they're going to do it that way, then Cross has a legitimate gripe stating, okay, well, if Brian Cage is the number one contender, I've beaten him already. But I don't think, I think that it could possibly just lead to um, the more personal feud between Impact and Brian Cage. Okay, yeah, I was just that was my. I just wanted to get your take on that because, yeah, I like your angle that they could see a trio like they did with Austin Aries about uh, several months back. My only thing mm-hmm. is like if they weren't going to go with that angle, um, is there a way they could somehow sneak them back in and continue with the four of them? Because it seemed the storyline you would think overall it was going to be. Brian Cage and Impact, you know, for the title. And then mm-hmm. when they added Moose and Cross into it, 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 I like it. I like the angle. Um, but I do want to see just one, because that match at Homecoming was really good. I just want to see another one-on-one right. encounter between them two. Okay, so that was just my take on um, And then I wanted to get your take on it as well. Um, of course, um, you got the result, Cross and Moose win. Um, that ended the show. So, mm-hmm. here we are. We're at the conclusion of the uh, review of the show. And at this point, we give it a 1 to 5 rating of how we felt the show was. Uh, we gave it a pretty high rating last week because it was a really good show. But let's see what you t- uh, what your take is this week. What would you give it from 1 to 5 this week? Um, This week, I'm going to go with... Um, see, I was... Thinking along the lines at first of 3.75. And I think I'm going to stay with that. Uh, Because, again, it's not that they are... Nothing actually was better than what they've been doing recently. But it was just a continuation of other things. Um, now, had they possibly done the whole thing where Reno Scum actually won their match, uh, that may have pushed it to a four for me. Um, and then, too, it's just nev- not knowing exactly what what really happened in the main event. Um, so it's a 3.75 with a asterisk of seeing where the um the main event storyline goes from here
Um, sure. I will say that um, for me, the, um, let's see, number three would be um, Tommy Dreamer, just because of wow. okay. what he did as far as being able to carry that tag team match, um, as far as taking most of the damage, you know, with the, the mindset that... Um, that Mac had been in the tech in the match previous. So I would say Tommy Dreamer um is number three. Okay. I would say that um Tessa Blanchard would be number two because she continues to show why she is one of the best women in the world. Not just an impact, but one of the best women in the business, period. Um and then I would say that number one would actually be a tie between uh, Brian Cage and then the team of Moose and Killer Cross um, because uh, of how Brian Cage was able to carry that match and it helped further, the, you know, it still, um, whether it was storyline with the injury or not, still has the possibility of, of helping further the storyline between him and Johnny Impact. And then also with, I mean, you can't give, you can't not put Killer Cross and Moose in there when they got a win over the world champ and the number one contender. Um, all right. That's a good list, but we agree on that one and we'll get into that. Um, all right. My impactful three of the week, uh, number three, I'm going to go with Wentz. It, it was a big, even though it was off a distraction, but it was a really good match uh, mm -hmm. against Ethan Page. Um, honestly, now that I should have went with Tessa, but you know what? I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick to it. Um, that's my number three. Number two is uh, a combination tag team of Tommy Dreamer and Willie Mack. And the reason, like I said, what Tommy Dreamer did, but also Willie Mack put on a good show. Not only in the uh, the singles match with uh, Jay Chris, but also uh, his little part in the tag team match. And they both mm -hmm. get the victory. That's my number two. And, of course, next one, because there was another tag team match. My number one guys are Moose and Killer Cross. How can you not put the guys that beat the number one contender and, champ and the champion, impact champion, how can you not put them at number one? No one can make a right. bigger impact when you're knocking down the top, two top guys, basically, in the company at the moment. So that's my number one uh, for the impactful three of the week. All right. Uh, real quick. 
last segment, and then uh, that we'll end the show right here. Um, hold on. Uh, excuse me for one moment. Okay. But yeah, um, so I think that with the Killer Cross and Moose thing, and then Brian Cage, it it has the possibility of leading to um, something different in the main event picture. But it it has the ability of helping. Um, keep the main event main event picture fresh at the same time in impact wrestling okay i'm sorry about that <laughs> no, no problem. okay now uh we're gonna go into the last segment where we're gonna basically there was a lot of news with contract resigning people that brought back um and a free agent that they brought into the company of course you heard over the week that followed by sammy callahan rosemary resigned with impact wrestling that was good news. Then you hear about the Reno you know, scum and an, another comeback, a female wrestler, Madison Rain, well, of course, the wife of uh, Impact Wrestling commentator Josh Matthews. Uh, mm -hmm. th that was a, a great addition to bring back. And then, of course, you saw the viral video where um, Scott DeMore approached uh, <clears throat> this individual, Josh Alexander, and offered him a contract for Impact Wrestling, and he'd be making his debut on the next TV tapings. I'll tell you right now, I mean, it's a good thing because there was a lot of concern of whether they're going to lose these, especially Sammy Callahan, um, Rosemary just coming back, and then putting her in a mm -hmm. hot angle. It was hopes that they, she was going to stick around, but bringing Madison Rain and a good tag team for what I, for what I saw, Reno Scum. And then, I mean, don't you feel confident that, you know, Impact is, you know, still going to be a competitor with when you got, Another company starting in about a couple months, and then you got the big dogs trying to steal all the good talent. Um, do you feel confident with Impact right now? I do because um, they still have a lot of great talent, and then with the the influx that they are able to do with their their working con their working uh, deal with Lucha Underground and other companies as well, I think that they they still have the ability to not only bring in outside talent, but build homegrown talent as well. Um, so I think that, yeah, I still think mm -hmm. that they have the ability to still be one of those top. Cause if you think about it right now, um, even if AEW does have a good run, there are only four to maybe five top wrestling companies in the world. Mm -hmm. And of course, the WWE is the by far, far um, the top. But then you would no think um, second would be New Japan. Um, then you would think, you know, it would be AEW and Impact. And then the only other one that would even come close, which is actually very, very rarely seen in the United States, is Dragon Gate. Yeah. And uh, isn't. Um, what's his name? That just signed, he signed with AEW. Pac, uh, Pac, Pac, Pac. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I can't believe I blanked on his name. Yeah, he's over there. Yeah, well, and see, that's where that's where Pac was before he went to the WWE was mm -hmm. Dragon Gate. Mm -hmm. So, 
I mean, yeah, the partnerships are, that's a big thing with the companies like Ring of Honor, you know, and mm -hmm. AEW is obviously going to be doing it. And that is the new landscape. They kind of did that in a way with the NWA because you had Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling in Florida, Georgia Championship yeah. Wrestling, World Class. They were all under the umbrella of NWA. And back when I was, I, I did that little pop-up show talking about the AEW, the press conference. Was there a way that AEW could be like the new NWA and somehow, some way, Impact being involved with that? Because a lot of speculation is that there's a lot of people that are close to Cody, a uh, couple close to the cons. Was there a way that you could somehow bring them together? Uh, at this point, I, I think just a partnership would be good. Impact is just a whole different breed, and I enjoy what they do. And we're, obviously, we're probably going to enjoy what AEW does, but it'd be a different type of wrestling product that probably wouldn't fit with the Impact wrestling product, in my opinion. I don't know how you would feel about that, but for what you've read about what AEW is going, their approach to, the, you know, what they're going to present to us, it's going to be completely different from what we see on Impact Wrestling Weekly. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be completely different. I think that a partnership would do well. Um yeah. but I don't think just um for one, I don't think uh I think that they they're not gonna want to do the whole um you know completely working together, blah blah blah. Um but and and I do have to say I uh apologize because when I did that top five that I completely forgot about AAA. Um, AAA is the biggest wrestling promotion in Mexico, so mm -hmm. no way could we leave them out. So it's oh, kind of a, yeah. But um, I still think that it's going to have to be one of those that AEW, yeah, they're going to sign some exclusive talent, but they're going to have to share some talent because there's only so many people that wrestle on the indies. Yep. Um, and there's only so many big name indie wrestlers out there. So it's going to be kind of one of those, um, they're going to have to share with impact and they're going to have to share with AAA and even possibly share with ring of honor to an extent. Mm -hmm. Um, even with, I mean, if you look at it, um, look at how um, New Japan does with, uh, shares with Ring of, Ring of Honor, um, with like the whole thing where the Briscoes just challenged the uh, Gorillas of Destiny for the Ring of Honor and New Japan tag titles. Yeah, so that on Twitter. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's funny because I actually, and it's, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
Right. I think that landscape is going to change because um, when you think about it, like a lot of the guys that were not happy in the main company, WWE, there's going to be a lot that are going to be like, you know what? It's healthy outside. And we've seen it in the last few years. Cody, um, Pac, Pac showing how, you know, there's light out. The grass is greener on the other side, basically. Um, I just can't wait to see um, who does leave there and who do we see come to impact. Because you're going to see a big name come to impact eventually. Just who it's going to be, I can't wait to see. We don't know, but yeah. Dude, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. All right. Um, out of all, one quick question though: Which one of the signings, whether it's Josh Alexander, um, the re-signings of Sam McCallahan, which one do you think has the most impact? Uh, well, again, no pun intended. Will have the biggest impact? Um, I think it's actually a combination of the it's two re-signings. It's going to be, um. Rosemary and uh, Sammy Callahan Mm -hmm. because I can see at some point before the end of this year, both of those holding the respective titles in their division. All right. Um, Honestly, I want to see Josh Alexander make the biggest impact of them all. And I think it will because I've seen, I've read a lot about him, saw a lot of videos. It's going to be awesome to see Mm -hmm. what he can do. Um, all right. And now take us to the end of the episode. We would like to thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, wow, this was a long episode. I wasn't expecting it to be this long. Normally our shows run about 45 minutes to an hour. We're going about hour 15 here. But hey, no, it was a lot of fun. We got to talk a lot. We, we the things that, uh, the new additions. We talked about the recent signings. We talked about the recent show. We gave our impactful three. All right. Well, if you, of course, if you're watching this live right now, well, do you have something to add? Um, I was going to say, before we get out of here, we do have to, uh, we do have to say rest in peace to King Kong Bundy. Oh, yes. yes who passed away mean? this morning. How can um, I? Uh, yeah, because, you know, one of the, a, a iconic figure in wrestling, um, who can forget his steel cage match against the, against Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 2. Um, and then also, you know, later in his career with him being part of Money, Inc. Um, and other, you know, doing the other things. So uh, rest in peace to King Kong Bundy. Uh, much love and respect to him. You know, our prayers and condolences go out to his family. Um, so, yeah, can't get out of here without saying that. Yeah, and actually... Um, went to an autograph signing back in 1998 where he was a headliner of a show and and it, it was an independent promotion, GWA and um, yeah, it, it, you all, all you heard is like, you never really heard anything bad about him, like I, I listen to a lot of shoot mm-hmm. interviews with especially guys from the 80s and no one says anything bad about that guy they always mm-hmm. said, the one thing you hear common especially in the last 24 hours from what we heard of the news um, is it the laugh? Everyone loved his laugh, and yeah. they said it was very infectious. Um, and everyone loved to hear it. And it's a sin. I mean, sixty-one years old—that's still young. 
it's still very young in this right. day and age. And yes, we did lose a legend, and I forgot to uh, yeah. Thank God you brought that up because um, it is a sin. My most memorable match was also when I was four years old watching Hulk Hogan. I'll, I'll get it. Sorry, my kid. It's okay. I'll get it for you in a second, my dear. Um, yeah, it was this match with Hulk Hogan. It was a great, great match. Um, great build up mm -hmm. to it, and it really was a highlight. I mean, like in this time in WWE, I think that was his biggest highlight was main event in that WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And he does talk highly about that. Be given that opportunity. Check that out on YouTube. Uh, rest in peace. Yes, King Kamboni. It's a uh, another one we lost, my friend. Another one. And it's sad because it's like this is our childhood going away. And it bums you out when you're at this age and it's like everything that your childhood <laughs> is going away. But, I mean, we, we it is life. And But, uh, yeah, rest in peace, King Kong Bundy and yeah. Mike and Noel's sister's family. And, uh, but his memory will live on. I mean, especially WWE Network, you can always watch his matches, I'm telling you. If you, for people out here that young enough don't know what, who King Kong Bunny is, I'm telling you, go to WrestleMania 2, main event with Hulk Hogan. This guy was a big guy, but the things he was able to do, it's unbelievable. He was a great talent, great wrestler, great wrestler. Yeah, he was. Yeah. All right. Well, this is uh, the conclusion of the show, and obviously the people that are uh, listening or watching right now, thank you so much for tuning in. If you can't catch us, um, you can listen to us uh, podcast form. We'll have it out later on today. Um, it would be on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, Overcast, and Anchor FM. And, of course, if you're listening to this podcast later on, you can catch us live every Tuesday. Whether uh, We try to keep it at the 1 p.m. mark, Eastern Standard Time. Um, but follow us on Twitter, and we'll give you our Twitter handles uh, right after this. Uh, you can watch us live on Twitch, YouTube, Mixer, and Periscope. And, of course, you can follow us both. He's at the great one triple nine. That is the GR81999, the great one triple nine. I'm under Go Home Wrestling. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. It was a great episode, and we'll see uh, what we're going to cover next week. Can't wait to see what they present to us Friday. And just a reminder... Possibly, possibly a coach stream Friday night. I might coach stream it. And if you want to join me, you can. And I'll, I'll keep you up to date whether or not I'm going to do that or not. Um, you find out that you can show it on your stream. They won't shut you down because it's a part of Twitch. So I might coach stream. And, and then we'll still do our impactful review. But uh, yeah, I'll keep you up to date. Follow us, Go Home Wrestling, on Twitter, and we'll let you know. All right, thank you. And we'll see you next week on the Impactful podcast. Peace.